Hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy bonus show, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and tonight's bonus show is going to be all about a two-round rookie mock draft. I've been sitting around, booking guests, getting ready for the combine, getting ready for free agency. I've got my printable calendar. I'm writing them out every week. What are we going to bring the people? What are we going to bring the Warzone listeners? Man, we're going to bring you the best that we got. We want to make sure that our listeners are 100% prepared for this NFL draft coming up and how it's going to impact our dynasty rosters and our dynasty rookie drafts. I, I, I wrangled up some buddies. I, I've got the uh, the co-host of the hour and the co-host of the power. I will bring these guys in in just a second. I want to cover a couple of things real quick. The Patreon is a booming. I mean, today, 60 some odd messages. It's like every single day. Now, sometimes we can do 68 in an hour, but we're over there. We're helping our Patreons build the best possible rosters that we can we're in there we're helping facilitate trades we've got guys doing startups we've got guys asking questions we even have a couple of ladies in our patreon absolutely love our patreons if you're interested and want to know what it's all about head over to patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone you can see everything there not the world's most expensive patreon but we give a lot especially especially in that group chat. Also, a bonus podcast each and every week, and we've got more things on the horizon. So head over there and check that out. Uh, Five-star reviews. We've been asking for them, and you've been giving them. We said that there would be a nice prize for the, the people that helped us get to 100, and even 100, and that's exactly where we are at as of the recording of this show. So I've got a couple of names here. I need Double Eagle 26 and sad jg again that's double eagle 26 and sad jg to reach out to me on twitter at dff memphis my direct messages are wide open dm me confirm that you are and i will help get you a, a little something something on the side so i can't do that for every review i wish that i could but the 100 of you that have taken the time to give us re a review for the show on itunes thank you a sincere thank you on behalf of Jerry and I. Um, it means a ton. So, Double Eagle, Sad JG, uh, find me on Twitter so we can get you hooked up. Uh, Want to call out the social media? Uh, you can be, we can be found on both Instagram and Twitter at Dynasty Warzone. Now, before I bring everybody in and we roll into this rookie mock draft, I want to cover the Matt Kelly situation, aka the Podfather uh, himself. So I woke up Sunday morning, DMs ablazing, and I guess Mr. Kelly uh, on the Roto Underground, Underworld something podcast, uh, I, I guess he took a blowtorch to me. Now, this was not new. He had done this a couple of weeks ago. 
I didn't think much of it. And, and the genesis of this, where it all started was, man, I want to say around the first of the year and A.J. Brown's value was just on fire. And someone posted a Twitter poll, as people are prone to do, and they tagged me in it, which I, I encourage you. Now, if you tag me, tag just me or slide in those DMs. I'll do my best to get to you. Um, most of my trade poll reacting is typically reserved for the Patreons, but I'll do my level best. At a minimum, I'll get your retweet. But on this particular one, this particular poll poster posted one that said A.J. Brown or Cooper Cup and the 108. And in this particular mindset, A, if you're a regular listener to this show, you know what a stan I am for Cooper Cup. I love him. I think he's the most undervalued point producing wide receiver in PPR. I mean, for the last 25 games, I think that's what he played combined in 2018 and 2019. In 2018, he tore his ACL partway through the season. But over those 20-some-odd those games, he averaged 16.9 PPR points. And that was over both seasons. Um, I think it was 16.8 in one and 17 in the other. But when you average all 25 together, it came out right at 16.9. Man, that, this year, that was good enough for the wide receiver four overall in PPR. And that was less than one year removed from ACL surgery. I, I think he's more Jordy Nelson than Julian Edelman or Wes Welker. He's six foot two. I mean, he had 10 touchdowns this year. And I know touchdowns are not the stickiest stat in the world, and there can be some fluctuation. And I know there's concerns that Tyler Higby could be back on the prowl again in 2020, but I am not concerned. Uh, I think worst case scenario for Cooper Cup is that you would have a back-end wide receiver one, and I'm getting the 108. Now let me get to the 108 pick. In said tweet, I said that I think at 108, you could get C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy. And I, I think that those guys are equally talented. And in my opinion, and it's just mine, I think there's enough upside at 108 and with Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb that I, I would be willing to take the two wide receivers for one, basically. And Mr. Kelly just thought that was the most ludicrous take of all time, which is fine. It's fine. I have no problem with him disagreeing. You know, it got a little personal, and I got a little personal back. Not the, not the biggest deal, but I, I found it odd that he went off on it the first time. And then this past week on the Super Bowl show, he devoted the first 25 minutes of his show to trying to take the blowtorch to me. I don't get it. I don't find him funny. I find him incredibly intelligent and well-spoken and very informative. I find his pro-wrestler-esque stick, for lack of a better term, like he's trying to be the villain so bad, and he's not even good at it. He's not even a good villain. I mean, think of all the good villains that you've ever seen in the world that, that you rooted for, and it's hard to root for this guy. If he would just stop being a, a pro-wrestler long enough just to be a good fantasy analyst, my goodness, the, the, the 15 or 20 or 25% of his time that he devotes to being a dick, if he would just reinvest that into being a good fantasy analyst, he, he would arguably be the best in the game, but he can't. He absolutely cannot because he wastes 25% of his time on 100% of the shit that don't matter. That's my take on all that. Uh, I might have reacted a little angrily and juvenile. Uh, basically, I fell for the gimmick. I, I fell for the pro wrestler gimmick. But, but my challenge still stands. And, you know, if this happens to get back to Mr. Kelly or you want to reach out to him on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion and let him know that Memphis is serious. We, we've got some uh, co-podcasting friends that are willing to host this. 
we think that we can get it on Twitch or some kind of a streaming service where we can raise some money. We would love to send all of that money to Fantasy Cares. If you don't know, Fantasy Cares is the charity ran by Scott Fish of the Scott Fish Bowl, where the money raised goes to buy toys for underprivileged kids at Christmas time. So I think me and Matt could take our quote unquote Twitter beef or podcast beef, we could take it to a platform. We could debate it. We could debate Cooper Cup in 108, and we could debate A.J. Brown on this very podcast, mine, his, or the one that I mentioned, uh, and we would do it, stream it. I'm, I'm sure people from from his Patreon and his followers and mine and the, and the Warzone, I, I think we could do something good. We could turn this negative into a positive. So the ball is firmly in Mr. Kelly's court. So if you want that to happen, you're going to have to reach out to him. He won't block me. He calls that a coward move. So he wouldn't be caught dead doing that. But I'm sure I'm muted. So if you, you want to see this uh, dynasty debate go down, reach out to him again and to say, hey, take Memphis up on his challenge. We, we want to hear this debate. We want to see the money go toward the kids. But that is the end of it. That's the last time you'll hear on this podcast or on our Patreon. It's time to move forward. And speaking of moving forward, let me bring in the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry Sinclair, what's going on tonight, dude? Nothing. It was weird. You know, I uh, I wanted to be on it. It breaks my heart to just have to listen to Randy do a show with somebody else. It's like a... My soul leaves my body. Listen, Super Bowl was fun. Mark D'Antonio retired today, so I've been in mourning all day. But en enough with the intros. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this because, Randy, mock draft, baby. And this is my first mock draft. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. So I, I went and got two heavy hitters. Uh, now, one has been on very recently, uh, obviously more than just a good friend of the show, just a good friend. You know him from Dynasty Everywhere. He is Nick Wayland. He's with the nerds. He's with 4 for 4. He's with everybody. Nick, who are you not with? Uh, that doesn't make me sound like I have a really good moral compass, Randy. I, I feel like I'm just friendly to everybody, but you know... Uh, I'm how, not how, everywhere. You know what I mean. You're like the uh, you're like the, uh, the 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 mercenary. You're the, the the gun for hire. But in all actuality, I think it just speaks to how in demand your services are. Because without putting you over too strong, you're very talented at this, and, and you're very tenured and very good. And that's why we love having you back on the show. Are you staying busy? Are you doing enough podcasts? <laughs> uh, well, first off, thanks, man. I mean, I um, it's just so funny when you think about this, and then you go back to when you first start and all the hours that you put in, like, I don't know, in the end, like j just, just grind away and just be kind to people. And like, good things are going to happen and you're going to come on shows. You're going to meet people. You're going to make friends. Like that's like what it's about. So, uh, yeah, I'm really busy. I feel really behind. I just bought a house, uh, yesterday. Hey, congrats, uh, so man. thanks. I haven't even stepped into it because I'm still in my apartment and I still got <laughs> this and other things to do. So, yeah, I have a lot going on right now, but if I'm just being honest, I'm blessed, man. Like I have food, I have shelter, I have clothing. I'm I'm all good over here. Well, that is great to hear, and I've always found that the, uh, there's always more put on people who can handle it. So thank you for coming back on. And then our next guest is a first timer, but not by my choice. I have tried to get this guy to join me many times, but he's doing a lot of stuff of his own out there as well. He he's working with the folks over at the DLF. 
He's working with the folks at Number Fire, and he's the co-host on the Dynasty Yak podcast. If you're not following the Yak, you got to check it out. It's wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, I, I'm an Apple guy, but I'm sure Spotify and everything as well. And not only that, but I don't know, it's in his bio, so I'm going to say it. He, he's a Marine, an ex-Marine, and I appreciate his service uh, as a proud American. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Pete Law. I'm, I'm going to go with the, the abbreviated. Pete, how's it going, buddy? Oh, it's good, man. But, uh, you know, no Marine is ever an ex-Marine. It's a prior Marine. I'm out. Uh, It's a cult, man. The Marine Corps is a cult. We love it. Uh, Pretty much any Marine you ever see, we got a tattoo. And uh, it's it's probably one of my proudest things that I've ever done. I love the Marine Corps. I love my country. So thanks. No, man. Thank you for your service. And and thank you for joining us, man. So what's going on with the DLF? I I see a lot of good things uh, from guys like Ryan McDowell, guys like... uh, I don't know. There's a lot of guys over there, but what's going on with you personally with your podcast and your uh, your writing? Oh, uh, the podcast. We took a little break. Uh, hopefully, we'll get the yak back on schedule here. Been been a busy few months for us, and then I mean, DLF just keeps adding stuff, bringing in the FF statistics guys, everything that Ray's doing on the Devi side. You know, and it's great to interact right now with Nick. You know, kind of one of the the, the grandfathers, the godfathers of Devi. You know, the work that he put out with the Devi report years ago before anybody else was doing anything with it. I mean, he was scouting dudes in the Canadian high school elite, you know, dudes you never heard of. It, it was really cool stuff to see that he was doing way before anyone else. So it's always fun to interact with Nick too. Well, that, that, that's awesome. I tell you, we recently had on Shane Hallam and, and Shane was breaking down. He had a, a seven round 2020, a seven round 2021, a seven round 2022, and a one round 2023 with high school kids in it. So I, 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 I often have this uh, internal debate about who's the biggest Debbie degenerate. Is it Nick or is it Shane? I don't know. But we are just certainly blessed to have you guys on the show with us tonight. So, But the reason why we're here... We're going to do a two-round Superflex tight end premium draft. And if you don't play Superflex or you don't play tight end premium, it's very simple. Where we would pick a quarterback or a tight end, you can just basically bump them to the back of the line. Take them out of that line and, and snap them around to the back. And there would still probably be some wide receivers or running backs before some of those quarterbacks and tight ends are, are taken but I found that the majority of my leagues are two QB leagues or super flex leagues. And the same with tight end premium. Is, is that atypical or I'll start with Jerry. Is that more the norm for you? Two tight end, I'm sorry, one, one tight end premium super flex. I think it tight end premium sort of got added into my 29 rotation and going forward. So it, as far as personal preference is going, I really don't see a situation where I'm adding a one quarterback league anymore for dynasty. But is, is that different for you guys? i I'm super flex across the board. I also don't really love two quarterback leagues. I feel like it gets too, uh, too thin, too thin, too quick. But what about you, Nick? Uh, you know, it's uh, what's interesting is that I, the the newer leagues that I join are that way, but I have my old, like just steadfast. They're one quarterback leagues, which means that you don't value them very highly. You can get anybody in a trade. Um, but one question I have for the group is, so if when you say tight end premium, what do you mean? Because I think that's different for every league. Very fair. I'll, I'll, Pete, I'll throw this one to you. What do you consider tight end premium? You know, anything where you're bumping up the that bonus for uh, points per rep- reception on the tight end side. I mean, you know, at least giving it double value to the tight end. I think you're, that's what you're talking about as far as tight end premium. 
Correct. I, I'm usually in the standard default scoring. I know ESPN's doing this. I think Yahoo is the same way. Point per reception is the standard scoring. In a tight end premium league, I'm in leagues where tight ends get a point and a half per reception. I'm in leagues where tight ends get a point and three quarters, so 1.75 per reception. And I'm also in one league, ironically with Shane, where we have to start two tight ends and it's tight end premium. So that gets messy in a hurry. But because like leagues like the Scott Fish Bowl is a tight end premium league, uh, a lot of the newer leagues that you see in mock drafts are. So I just thought we would add that in. I don't know where the tight ends will go in this draft. I guess we'll find out here in a few minutes. This is not a, not a class like last year where we had Noah Fant and we had TJ Hawkinson. Guys that were going in this same scoring format last year between... 107 and 110, give or take, depends on the owner. They were toward the middle back end of, of these drafts. I don't think we'll draft anyone that high tonight, but we're going to find out. So in the random number generator that is my head, I'm going to give Nick the 101, Jerry's the 102, Pete's the 103, and I'll take the 104, and we'll just cycle four picks at a time. We'll go Jerry, Pete, Nick, me, and we'll, we'll, we'll get going. So Jerry, in a super flex, 101, who you got? Didn't you put Nick at one? Did I just write that down wrong? Just yeah, start. Yeah. I I'd like. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Nick, Nick, me, Pete, you. All right. Uh, well, Jerry, did we just do a trade? Is that what yeah, happened? I think we traded. Uh, future considerations to be named later. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> Nick, you're on the clock with the 101. Uh, are you going chalk? Uh, yeah, I, I am because to me, I have I have some different rankings that other people do at quarterback. So I'm going to hold on to this one and, and see what happens here. I'm going to go DeAndre Swift and... And I am of the 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 thought process that the, I have seven in my top tier in terms of non-quarterback, and I think people can pick them wherever they want. But Swift, I think, is the is the safest. He has the highest floor because of his receptions, because of how he moves. He's not going to take huge hits, and I don't think he had a huge you know workload in college. So I think that he's going to be pretty fresh for the NFL. So I think he's going to be a safe you know low end RB one, high end RB two in his career. Well, that's not exactly who I expected, but uh, very, very popular pick, and I would not be surprised to see that happen. So, Jerry, anything on Mr. Swift before you draft at 102? No, I think that's a good pick, and honestly, I would have probably gone the same thing. I'm going to go Joe Burrow just because we don't know the situation that another running back is going to go in. If they go into a favorable situation, I would not be opposed taking a running back over a quarterback again, but that's... I tend to side in the Addison Hayes camp where you don't love to take quarterbacks. You sort of fade him a little bit in Superflex. So I'm going to take Burrow for this one, though, just because we don't know. And like Nick said, I'm going to just play it safe. All right, Pete, you're up at the 103. And any comments on the the first two selections? Uh, I like them both. Uh, I think at the 102 this year, you have a great spot because likely Burrow is going to go there. And then you can just sit there and take Swift. Uh, you're going to get the best player. You know, even in a super flex, you're going to want that running back. Like Nick said, he's low-end RB1, high-end RB2 is a safe floor. And then, of course, yeah, you just easily make that pick a burrow right after. And uh, I'll go right away and just say Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin. All right. Well, what do you like about Mr. Taylor? Uh, he was – now, again, I keep referencing the, the previous show with Shane. Now, he was Shane's 101 at the running back position. So what do you see out of this Wisconsin Badger? You know, he, he's a complete back to me. Yeah, he doesn't have the stats for receptions. I, I'm not expecting to be Alvin Kamara. I'm not expecting to be Christian McCaffrey, but he's going to do just, just fine. We saw Fournette doing just fine as a, as a receiving back this year. I think you can expect the same from Taylor. I'm not overly concerned about the number of touches. 
considering, you know, you got maybe four years as a running back before you're going to probably try to unload him. So, well, I, I like it. Uh, at the 104 for me in a super flex, I, I would have to go chalk here. I'm going best player available, and I would have to go to a. I think Miami's where he's going to wind up more than likely, although Jerry's Lions could tr- let someone trade up to get ahead of Miami. But I'll, I'll just go what I think will happen today, and that's Tua winds up a Dolphin. He sets a year behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I think will be great. I don't think the the year sitting behind Alex Smith did any disservice to Patrick Mahomes. It'd be good for him to get the hip right. He's had some ankle issue, issues in the past. And Fitzmagic is a super smart guy. He's a tenured veteran. And it would be great for him. So I have no problem taking Tua at 104. Nick, anything to add on any of the previous selections before you go 105? I wanted Tua at 105. Uh, I, I have him. <laughs> I have him as my QB one. So I, I think that I just trust that he's had a bigger sample size of crushing it in college than Burrow. But I can't fault anybody. I mean, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty fun to see them go through this whole draft process and to see the more information that we have and what teams think. All right. Well, uh, Mr. 105, who you got at 105? I am not chalking this one. This is uh, my wide receiver one. I'm going C.D. Lamb at 105. I just really, really like his all-around game. I think his landing spot is not as dependent on a quarterback or a system as other receivers or running backs that are left, so I'm going with him. I like it. I recently saw him mocked to the Oakland Raiders with the the 12th overall pick. And I think that's the perfect situation for him to flourish as a wide receiver one. A guy who's a natural wide receiver two in Terrell Williams. They're a good tight end in Waller. I think we all like Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr's probably not long for that world, but I don't think they're Landon Brady either. So that would be a very ideal spot for, for C.D. Lamb. So, Jerry, you're back up at the 106. I'm going to take the Buckeye Dobbins, but... Uh... You don't like any of the running backs there, Nick? You wanted to go wide receiver over them? You just scared of them? Or? I I just don't trust them as much. I know some people are super high on J.K. Dobbins. I'm not. I mean, you, he has a great O-line. He has a, a read option quarterback. And I mean, how more how, could it be more ideal than that in terms of the situation? I know people are like, look at his vision, but there's like five guys in the box. I, I, I mean, I like him. I don't love him. He's the worst athlete of the group, in my opinion. He bounced back after a bad year the year before. He can catch the ball some, but he's not as great. Like he, to me, he's like a he'll be like a middle to lower end RB two is where he's going to live. I know people don't love that. That I'm just lower on his ceiling. See, I, we we had this conversation recently where you like Travis Etienne in that spot, so I knew you were going to have a polarizing opinion. So I just wanted to uh-huh. hear that one. Uh-huh. I'm going to take Dobbins because I do think Dobbins is good, and I think he's going to get drafted pretty early and plug and play a running back in fantasy, you know, draft running backs, trade for wide receivers, said it once, said a thousand times. Pete, 107, my friend. Uh, For me, I think Nick, uh, you guys, you nailed it. Nick uh, talking as far as Taylor and Swift, there's a, there's a tier right there. Then you got the drop down to Lamb and Lamb comes right in between that next group of running backs. You took Dobbins, I'm going to go for my man from Florida State, Cam Akers. I think the dude's a stud. He's played on just a trash team. That's why you, you didn't see the stats. He's going to have to unlearn some bad habits. He was trying to do too much these last few years. So get him in with a good running back coach. Get him right. I think he's going to be – he's got the physical talents that I, I like to see. Well, I, I love this because I've, I've got two fellow Jim bros in here with me. I've got Nick. I've got Pete. 
They recently posted, and, and Jer- Jerry, you know, we're going to get I Jerry. am a donut connoisseur, so let's not throw me under the bus here. <laughs> we, we, uh, we will get you into fitness, whether it kills you, and it just may. But, I mean, there was recently the video of him squatting 600 pounds. And I wasn't a yeah. fan of the spot. Kid makers, not me, for the I, record. I, I, definitely not sure. <laughs> but, but, I mean, the, the guy's a physical specimen. And if he lands in, in the right spot, I think this could be money. He was, he was part of our all 50-50 team on the last show. We could see where this guy could be an absolute RB1 overall in three years. And we could see him flaming out and being absolutely nothing. So... I, I like the pick. I was actually going to consider him. I thought you would have taken my guy there, Pete, but I know you are Mr. Running Back. And yeah. I, I'm taking Justin Herbert, and I will tell you why. A, I'm a stand for Justin Herbert. And B, I don't think he's getting past the L.A. Chargers. And at the worst-case scenario, I don't think he's getting past the Carolina Panthers. And I look at the coaching staffs that he would land in and the the players and the support around him. I mean, if he goes to the Chargers, it's Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler more than likely resigns. Or in Carolina, it's you get Joe Brady as your offensive coordinator, Matt Rules your head coach, and DJ Moore and you know Curtis Samuel and oh, don't forget Christian McCaffrey and now Ian Thomas. I mean, when you land with those kind of weapons, it's going to be real hard not to succeed, and you're going to get four to five years. Any quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, you're going to get four. You're going to get a four to five year leash. And whether or not you need him at the 108, it doesn't matter. He's either going to be on the back end of your roster or starting in someone else's. It's a, it's a strategy move. It's a, it's a player that will accumulate value. Look at Daniel Jones last year. Now, you didn't have to take him at the 108. You could have got him in the mid-second, and, and now you can cash out for a profit. So I, I like the talent. I like where I think he goes. I like the fact that it's super flex. So for, for me, it's Mr. Herbert. So, Nick, you're back on the clock with the 109. Man, it's just this is this is what's gonna make this so fun, you know. It, it's this is early, everyone's opinions are all over the place. I really don't like Justin Herbert, but I, I see your strategy, and I don't I don't necessarily disagree with it to be honest, because the hate went so far with Daniel Jones that I liked him, I was rooting for him, and then I wanted everyone to eat crow, and they all went shh, they went silent, they were nowhere. So yeah, I I, I can see where you're at. Um, I'm gonna really shock you guys probably here. I, I think I'm going to make Jerry's pick for him, and then I'll make my pick. Is that okay? Okay, go ahead. Jerry, you're going to take Jerry Judy, okay? okay. I'm going to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, ahead of him. I am such a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fan. It is, oh my gosh, he's so built for fantasy football nowadays in PPR. He's going to catch so many passes. He's going to add so many yards that he has no business adding. Now, Again, he's not going to be huge between the tackles, but that's not what fantasy football is. Look at the guys that score points. They have to catch receptions. Receptions are worth more than carries, and he's going to get that. He can still rush to the football. He, I know LSU's O-line was amazing. I understand that. But he has the elusiveness, I think, to fit into so many different schemes. And again, I, as I said before, he's a very safe player in this class because of the receptions. He he can go into any scheme. He's going to catch the ball and make his fantasy football floor a lot higher. Is his ceiling you know, going to be McCaffrey? No, it's not. He's not that level of athlete, but I think he's better than people think too. Uh, since you made my pick, I'm going to interject there. Um, <laughs> we, we talked about this exact same guy a couple weeks ago when you were on. I said he was going to be the guy that I was not going to leave my drafts with. I He was the guy I was going to avoid. We watched the national championship. 
I uh, I might have changed my tune a Dude, little. Jerry Maguire, you think, coming with me? <laughs> I think I am. <laughs> he, uh, my man, made that jump cut being when the LSU back or offensive line was not great, and he made that jump cut to the left and kicked it outside, and I went, "Oh, I," because Kane was giving it to me just like you were, and I immediately texted Kane, and I was like, "Okay, that was a good move. I look a little dumb on that." But you're right. I am going to go chalk with Jerry Judy. He's a Jerry. I mean, that's the easiest pick for me. <laughs> now, there's not many of us out there, so I, we got to stick together. It's a fraternity. Well, J- Jerry Judy at the 110, it just feels like value. I was once told you couldn't get him at the 108, but yet here we are. Pete, <laughs> Pete, you're uh, you're on the clock. You're at the 111. Um, are, are you a Jerry Judy guy? And, and you're one of my go-tos for running backs. Give me a 10-second snapshot of uh, Hilaire and then anything on Jerry and your pick. I think Hilaire has already been pretty well talked about there. Um, Judy, you know, same thing with CeeDee Lamb. There's maybe, I get a little worried about, about my wide receivers as far as weight, it, you know, looking at their current, I, they're going to come in heavier at the combine. They're going to sit here and just pound food, hit the gym, you know, working at these pre-combine events. So they're going to come in stacked, you know, just rocked up. Um, and hopefully they continue with that. We'll see what it, you know, how it impacts their speed overall and their, their gameplay. Uh, which makes me just happy that my dude is sitting right here. Uh, I'm strolling in Prime Minister Merkel style, and I'm snagging LaVisca Chenault. Uh, you know, Pac-12, there's going to be some concerns, obviously, about how he was used at Colorado, uh, but the dude made his quarterback a household name. And, I, you know, it's just about the same thing with DK Metcalf. Bring him into a system. Don't ask him to sit there and run the entire route tree. Bring him along slowly. Do what he does well. Get him the ball in his, you know, in in his hands, and get him in space. So I, I knew I thought you were going wide receiver there. That was not the wide receiver I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to take the guy that I'm going to take, and that's T. Higgins. Um, I like Higgins a lot, dude. But I mean, Chanel, dude, you're talking my style: six two, two twenty, just a stud. I, I'm with you. He he is a specimen. I can't wait to see his combine metrics, and and this could change. I mean, we we were talking about this, uh, you know, before we hit the record button. You know, last year this time, you know, guys like Kelvin Harmon and Keem Butler were toward the top of everybody's draft boards. Then we saw them in Indy, and they kept creeping. And then the draft hit, and they crept even further. So a lot can change between now and, and your actual rookie draft. But I'm going T Higgins. Uh, he's coming out of wide receiver university in Clemson, six foot four. Now this is a little bit atypical for me. I tend to be more of, I don't know. I, I've fallen in love with this Tyreek Hill style wide receiver. And there's a guy like a poor man's Tyreek Hill sitting there, but I, I really why don't you take him then? Be, 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 because <laughs> I, I I think that Higgins is a, is a more complete wide receiver. And I, I'm, I'm speculating again. I, I, I see him being a first-round guy. I see him going no later than the Eagles. And seeing him as a wide receiver one and a really good offense like that, because when, when you're, as a player, when you're drafted in the back half of the first round, you're typically being drafted by a team that was in the playoffs last year. I don't see him going in the first half of the draft. I see that being guys like Lamb or Judy, and they may have to overcome situations like the Raiders or you know like the Jets where one of those guys could land. And I think this guy, much like LaViscus, by the way, who could slide to that back half, I've seen him mock to the Bills. I would love to see LaViscus Chenault catching balls from Josh Allen. And I'm just trying to foreshadow a little bit, and I just like where I think this guy's draft capital is going to be from an NFL standpoint. So that was the tiebreaker between the guy that you thought I might have taken, Nick. And, uh, hey, by the way, you're on the clock with the 201, so if you want him, 
I know, I know. So um, I'm really high on Higgins. So um, I, I really like that pick for you there. I'm just going, I, I mean, I already, you know, got lists and stuff. I'm going to take rugs. Yeah, I think it's a little chalk, but, you know, he's going to have a high capital. And we talked about this before the air, but he's going to go higher in the NFL draft because he's going to fit what NFL teams need. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to align with fantasy football impact. Uh, it can, but, you know, kind of like Hollywood and Tavon and Will Fuller, et cetera, and people get, oh, that's a dumb pick, John Ross. Teams need speed. You, you see it makes a difference. It stretches the field. Green Bay saw it. No one stretches the field, and they just packed it up. So I'm going to go Henry Ruggs uh, for that fact, and and I think it's uh, you know it's a little bit of a very even uh, plateau of players that are available right now. Now that was, I, I thought he was going to take a wide receiver, but that was not the small, fast wide receiver I thought you were going to take. You head faked me, like watching basketball, different sport. You got me up in the air and drew the foul. Uh-huh. But, but but Jerry, you're on the clock, and I'm going to see who you're going to take. I'm going to take Jalen Rieger and just keep the little fast guys going. I'm is that the guy we were talking about? That was the guy I was talking about. Yeah, it, both with I, my they're, pick. They're all in that same same bit. I actually like Rugs better too, so I, I would have preferred that pick. But as far as where we're getting. I think we're really starting to get to the the part of the second round that's maybe not going to be as deep and as strong as uh, last year was. I think the that's where you know the second round sort of thrived a little bit. And I think you know there's good guys still, but don't get me wrong. But I think we're really starting to hit the uh, like Nick said, sort of that plateau of guys that were coming. So I'll take Rieger and just, just see where the next guy goes. Well, well, Pete, we've been on a bit of a wide receiver run. I am, man. As I was saying, I'm going to the great state of South Carolina. I'm all about big body wide receivers, six foot three, 215, you know, super young breakout age as 19. Brian Edwards, man. So, yeah, he was a guy who was highly thought of last year and could have could have been taken around the same range in last year's draft had he chosen to come out. He went back for a senior season, didn't do much at the senior bowl. But someone that I'm really excited to see test out in uh, Indy in, in just a couple of weeks here in, in my hometown. So I'm back on the clock, and I wasn't as high on this guy. I was on the fence. But after hearing both Garrett Price, uh, buddy of Nick's and all of ours, and Shane Hallam both talk so highly of Keyshawn Vaughn, I can't not take him here. You kidding me? <laughs> I sniped. Oh, oh good. Hey, oh. Uh, so, so I'm going to throw this right to Nick because you are the next pick. Tell me, tell me your thoughts because – this is really. I, would, a, I almost took him the pick before. Oh, this, oh, the, 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 this is the reason why. I will tell you my reasoning why, is that I am not the smartest guy around, but I I really value the opinion of the guys that we bring on this show. And when Garrett brought it up two weeks ago, and Shane brought it up this week, I'm like, that's enough for me. I'm a draft. I'm a draft running back, trade for wide receiver kind of guy. So I went Keyshawn Vaughn. So so Nick, tell us why you were sniped there, and then uh, who do you have to pivot to? God, you sniped me twice now, but I'll just say this. So I've been high on Vaughn last year entering college football season. So after, you know, last summer when I was doing all my rankings, he was my RB, was he five? I had him ahead of Akers, ahead of Dobbins. Vaughn, Vaughn no one talks about him because he went to Vanderbilt, but he has the size, he has the athleticism, but he's a really good patient runner who is underrated with his toughness. And he continually keeps his momentum going forward, so he breaks more tackles and gets more yards. I mean, when you're a marked guy at, at Vanderbilt and you're crushing in the SEC with thousand yard seasons, 
that says something to me. And he can catch the football, which again is a, a huge thing in PPR. So I'm a huge fan. So congratulations again, Memphis. Um, uh, you had him at RB4 for the record. Oh, it's four. It was, okay. Yeah. Yep. Swift, Taylor, ETN, and then him. So, so hold on a minute. But before Nick picks, I want to give him an extra second to think. Remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, that's a rider downer. So now you've got Shane Hallam, Nick Whalen. And Garrett and Jerry and myself, you, you've now got five people consensus saying that we all really like Keyshawn Vaughn. And if you can get him late, you know, late first, even if you have to reach a half around, it feels like he's someone that we're all really high on. So, Nick, who, who did you uh, have to pivot to? Um, well, I'm looking at my list. There's not a lot of guys that I like. So I'm going to pivot to Jake Fromm, which a lot of people do not love. But he's my QB3. He is better than I think people give him credit for. He's a little bit more of the game manager, but he progresses through his reads, which I like. He's technically sound. He needs to work on his arm strength, I think, and accuracy a little bit at times. But I believe in him more than any other quarterback. And again, super flex. I'm going to go there for value and then probably ship him off. All right. Well, I'm going to throw this one back to Jerry. Anything on Nick's pick and then uh, throw it to Pete. I mean, when we're, where are we at? 205? And you're going to take a quarterback in a super flex draft. I mean, you can't really go wrong. It, that's that's sort of a Randy pick too. He never likes the popular quarterback, and that's right up. Don't look at me like that. I, I mean, I know the people can't see him, but he's he's giving me the look. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with KJ Hill, Ohio State wide receiver. You know, I, I'm just going to keep going on these little fast guys that are. You know, he's he's shown that he was pretty good. He had a good Senior Bowl. He's 10 touchdowns, not as productive as you would like. You'd like to see the touchdowns. That was a prolific offense, and he was just a part of it. I am super interested to see everything that dude can do at the Combine. And I feel like we are in that section where it's sort of grab a quarterback or just take a shot on a guy that you can really hope can home run it. And uh, I think KJ's got a shot at that. All right. I, I, I don't hate it. A little odd to hear Sparty draft a Buckeye, but that's okay. Um, I, I prefer that. That tells you he's keeping Wolverines. It's fine. It, it, it tells you he's keeping it honest if, if, if he's going Buckeye. So, Pete, back to you for your uh, your 207. Uh, you know, it's, it's time to draft a quarterback, I think, out here. And I'm going to go with Jordan Love. I, I was very high on him about two years ago. He definitely took a step back this this season. You know, and I think a lot of that has to do with his supporting cast. Uh, he's going to be best suited to sit the year. But I, I think he's got the best outlook. A lot of people, are, you know, are going to say Easton because of the arm talent. I watched Easton for a season at UW, and there's just a lot of inconsistencies. I think at most you're hoping for early on Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's got a cannon of an arm, but he consistently misses open receivers. So I'm going to go Jordan Love. Hopefully, he, you know, sits in somewhere nice. Maybe he goes to the Saints, sits a year. And boom, you're playing him. You know, I'm I'm going to reference a baseball movie, The Sandlot, and tell Pete, you're killing me, Smalls. That was totally <laughs> going to be my pick. And I can tell you there is tons of buzz here in Indianapolis that the Colts are going to take him with the 13th overall pick. It feels like oh. it, it, it feels like Chris Ballard. Is I think a, Matt Miller just mocked that too. Uh, I, I've seen it mocked a lot. And like I said, the local sports talk guys in the local paper – have referenced that a lot. So if if he goes that high, if he goes in the top half of the first round to a team like the Colts with that offensive line, with Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton and you know s- some other pieces around him, I mean, they've got two early seconds as well to to build this thing up. And if he lands there, uh, so, so Pete, you're killing me. But I, I'm going to pivot to a wide receiver position, to a senior 
that I've had on my Devi team for a couple of years. I just I just like him, and it's, again, another big-bodied guy, but I think he's going to test real well in Indy, and that's Michael Pittman Jr. What I like about him, the biggest thing is that not only is he a willing blocker, he enjoys it. And the write-up that I read said that he – uh, that defensive backs need to look out because this guy is going to you know, enjoy smashing you in the run game. And if there's any way that guarantees a young player time on the field is being a good blocker. Your quarterback's going to like it. Your coach is going to like it. Your running back's going to like it. And on top of that, and he's 6'4", 220. Well, they say you can't teach that. So on top of all that, and I think the look on Nick's face says it all. Nick, did I get you again? Yeah, because, well, I did. He was the guy. He went, But it was on this show, Memphis. That I said he was my guy. So I, I set you up a little, or, you know, gave you a little reveal of what I like there. Fine. I'm going to pivot again. And this is my last pick, right? Yep. It is for this particular exercise. Yeah, I'm going Thaddeus Moss, tight end LSU. Uh, you know, tight end premium. Uh, I'll get the top tight end in my book. I know a lot of people don't like him as much as a guy from Notre Dame, but I do because uh, in tight end premium, I want a guy that's going to catch the ball a lot, and he is built for that. He can line up wide. He can line inland. Um, I like his hands. He's a very natural catcher of the football, and he'll sit on my bench and develop for a couple of years because that's what you do at tight end. I, I can dig that. I, I, I was thinking tight end at my last you know pick as well, but I, I just took Pittman because I'm a fan and he's a good blocker. So, Jerry, what do you got, bud? Oh, you know what? Let's go Zach Moss, just because I like to watch the dude run. He's a dude that just, I don't know, I, I like guys that are violent when they run the ball. Guys that really try and really want to get that extra yard every single time. They fall forward. They make that extra move. Zach Moss out of Utah is that guy for me. And you know what? Sign me up. We'll go back-to-back mosses. Is there any more mosses? Um, <laughs> you got mossed. You got mossed. So, Pete, you got one last shot at this thing. What are you thinking, my friend? It, you know, I'm going to go with a bit of a homer pick here. Uh, somebody kind of in Evan Ingram's build, Hunter Bryant, tight end out of UW. He tore up his knee a few years back, and he's even just recently talked about it. He's, he still hasn't gotten right. Um, so I'm looking for that. If, uh, if I, if I like what I see during the combine, what the, you know, draft capital with medicals and a tight end premium, I want, you know, the new generation of just speed tight ends going to be flexed out. He's not going to be along the line much. Uh, but I think you can capitalize on what he can physically do. Yeah, I, I think the run of tight end, I, th- I think this is a very good exercise for the listener because I was going to go tight end as well. And the one that I wanted is, is still on the board, and I, I wanted Bryson Hopkins, who recently played at the Senior Bowl. Much like uh, the guy that, that Pete just referenced, he's not going to be much of an inline blocker. He's going to be more of that move tight end, uh, a pass catcher. He, I think he only weighs 240 pounds, which is a lot if you're an average human but it's not a lot if you're an NFL tight end. I was debating, I can say this because I'm, uh, uh, there's no more picks, but I was debating Cole Komet from, from Notre Dame. I, I just don't ever see him, maybe he will be, I don't know, it depends on where he lands. I just, I just, I hate to compare him to another Notre Dame tight end. I just see Kyle Rudolph 2.0. So I, I would much rather go with a guy that I think that could be much more of a pass catcher. So Listen, guys, we went through 24 picks. Did anything stand out besides me sniping Nick and Pete sniping me and Jerry getting a guy named Jerry? Um, I'll, just, I'll just start with, with Pete. Pete, what, what, what did you take away from this? Uh, what did you find helpful? What did you find interesting? 
Uh, you know, even even in a super flex, there's still some guys out there. You know, Eason is still sitting out there. At tight end, you're still talking about Albert Okawenubom. And a guy who is probably going to be a great third-round pick for a lot of people, Savan Ahmed, and as well as a little tiny running back out of Minnesota, uh, McFarland, Anthony McFarland. Maryland. Maryland. My apology. The, yeah. uh, the other Big Ten school that starts with an M that's not Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I like – McFarland was on the board there for me because, again, I'm a draft – a draft a running back and trade for the pass catchers later, but I, it was hard to to turn down Bryson Hopkins, who I have uh, as the number two tight end in this class behind Thaddeus Moss. So Nick Nick got me there. Nick, what did you take away from this? That, that I just sniped you finally. Well, what what, what like what like a huge snipe? <laughs> you 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 winged me. You winged me really. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm I'm like I can't even move. My legs are both gone. I I just found it that this is going to be a year where there's not going to be a lot of consensus. I don't think, I think it's going to be, you have your own flavor of what you like in terms of a player or you trust NFL draft more or, you know, and I got in this debate or before I joined the show dominator rating or, you know, market shit, like people are going to love whatever they're going to love or film. And, but there's not going to be that consensus where uh, other years that really kind of reigns supreme. I I agree. And, and, I think that as we do more of these mocks, I mean, that's why I, I had to get in a pre-combine one because I want to get in a post-combine one and then a post-NFL draft one just to see what the fluctuation looks like. And, and Jerry, what, what did you take away from this exercise? It's going to be so fun. There is nothing more fun in our universe than this time of year. When, when it gets to be, like Nick said, where it's just your guys, I think it sort of will narrow itself down sort of as far as the narrative goes uh nick is probably not going to fall into that but there's i mean i got jerry judy at 10 i mean a few weeks ago i was hearing things like it was impossible that he could fall to eight in a super flex draft and i'm drafting him at 10 and you could easily see him falling a little further if someone gets drafted ahead of him you know it depends on the position it's Listen, I, the NFL draft is going to play a gigantic role in how how these drafts play out, which as it should and it does. But I am super excited, and as a Detroit Lions fan, it, the draft is our Super Bowl, so I'm extremely excited for it. For not only that, but also for the rookie season. Oh, let's go! And, let's and, go, uh, J- Jerry. You're. Your Lions are to the draft what the Bills are to the Super Bowl. So you have that going for you, which which is fantastic. I don't know what tight end they're going to take uh, at three. <laughs> ma- 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 I'm maybe, glad you guys can laugh. That's real funny for me. Ma- I appreciate it. Maybe they can get Hawkinson and uh, Galladay and Marvin Jones. They can run some really sweet 12 personnel. It's going to be a hoot. <laughs> In, in, in the mean streets of Detroit. Um, I'll just tell you some names that I took away. And, and, you know, there for a while, I was the guy who was poo-pooing, collecting, you know, 2023s. But, you know, we didn't mention Ty, uh, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. We didn't mention Josh Kelly, running back from UCLA. Brandon Ayuk, Eno Benjamin, Denzel Mims, A.J. Dillon, Michael Warren the, the second, and then one of my personal favorites, my this year's grand old man of the draft, the 24-year-old Van Jefferson. So th- th- there's a lot of Justin meat. Jefferson. Oh, and, and, and Justin Jefferson, I, I do apologize. So between the guys that Nick mentioned and I just mentioned, we just rattled off what could have been our third round 
of guys so that as you're making these deals, because I know the MFL rollover just took place and it's hashtag trade season now, you know, if you can get that 2023 thrown in the back end of your deal, you might be able to, to, to pick up some really, really nice players. Whereas typically in the, in the late second, early third, especially in a one QB league, you might not be able to find that value this year. That value feels like it's really going to be out there. What's up, Nick. And just like last year, that's where the Preston Williams is and the Terry McLaurin's that I just kept scooping up. That's where they were in that land, that third, even fourth. So yeah, if you can get those, that's, that's a great, great get right now. Could not agree more. Well, we're going to take this one in. It was just a bonus. Um, th- this is my favorite part of fantasy and, and, and dynasty is the, the guys like Nick, the guys like Pete. You know, at some point, I've got to make some friends with some ladies here in the dynasty world and, you know, get some, uh, get some other opinions in here. I just, haven't, I just haven't met them yet, but that doesn't mean they're not out there because they are. But uh, I'm just going to give Nick the, the shot first, and then we'll go to Pete. Nick, what, what do you want the listeners to know? What are you working on? What's available? What's coming up? Man, give us the whole story. Um, man, it's a lot of pressure. Uh, yeah, Devi Report graduates working on those. Um, working on an article right now at four for four, just on what you can do in your leagues right now, not in terms of trading, but just updating your league rules or fun things that you can do to get some activity. I think that's important because I think camaraderie is what makes leagues and really can kill leagues. And then, yeah, at the nerds, we're doing film stuff. So tomorrow night, I don't know when this is going to air Memphis, but every Wednesday night, we do a film breakdown on twitch and it's a lot of fun nope uh i gotta get on the twitch thing i i've not subscribed my son follows a lot of uh video gamers on twitch you know call of duty people and and stuff like that i've got to like steal his account and just find nick and the nerds over there on twitch and uh pete what's going on with you i know you've got a lot of irons in the fire as well uh, you know, just grinding away at DLF, um, getting ready. My my wife was giving me grief today. I had the NFL Network on, and she's talking about what the season's over. And it's no, this is this is where it's fun. This is you know seeing the rookies going through the combine. You know, I talk about Savon Ahmed, and he's a, actually a young gentleman who I met went to uh, one of the local high schools, and so just getting to see what he's doing and you know moving forward. So it, it's just really exciting times for these guys. Well, that's awesome. So m- make sure that you uh, you are following both of these guys, and they both have made it easy for you because they have something in common. You can follow Nick on Twitter at underscore Nick Whalen, and you can follow, follow Pete at underscore Pete Law. They're easy to find. Uh, we'll tag them in the show. Very grateful to have them on. Jerry, anything? We had to get you on. We had to give the people the man of the hour, the man with the power. They couldn't go a full uh, two weeks without you, Jerry. Any- anything to add? No, mock drafts are so fun, and I am really excited to see the Dynasty Warzone grow into a Twitch empire when Randy takes over his son's uh, Horny Sniper 69 account, and we have to stream from that. Uh, we, we will start that from scratch. I, I've, I've got to find uh, got to find an IT guy, because uh, I can barely make a Google Hangouts work, but... No, man, this is the the, the favorite time of the year. I mean, in season, I feel like sometimes we're pulling teeth to create content, and it's we're talking about what's going on and and how to stay relevant in Dynasty because I found in season, things kind of slow down from an action standpoint. Uh, You get a little bit of that bump around your trade deadline or playoffs if your league doesn't have one. But, man, it's, it's all about Dynasty right now. So I'm really grateful to have friends like Pete, 
like Nick, and I guess Jerry. Jerry, too. Jerry's all right. Um, but anyway, on behalf of Jerry, Nick, and Pete, I am Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.